Welcome once again to the Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. Thank you for joining us today as we're going to bring you a series of messages to encourage you to do what God wants every believer to do, and that is to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who do not know him. Do you care enough to share? Do you know that God has made you a minister of reconciliation? Do you know when to share, where to share, and how to share? Well, listen to these messages as we're going to encourage the body of Christ to get busy because the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. Now join us today as we go into the Word of God and see what the Word is sharing with us about how to be effective in reaching others for Jesus Christ. Well, I want to take a moment and just share with you tonight, and I want to share with you on a question that I have for each and every one of us. I want to begin with a question to everyone who is listening to me now. Here's this question. Why should we tell others about Jesus? Here's that question again. Why should we tell others about Jesus? And there's a short answer to that question. Here's the answer. Because Jesus told us to. You know why you should share about Jesus? You know why you should share the gospel message? You know why you should tell other people about Jesus? Why should we tell other people about Jesus? Because Jesus told us to do that. In fact, Jesus commanded us to take this message of the gospel to the ends of the earth. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Here's Jesus talking to his disciples, giving them what we call the Great Commission. Mark wrote it down in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. He said to them, go to, into all the world and preach the good news to all creation, to every person. Go and tell everybody everywhere the good news of Jesus Christ. Again, these passages are are referred to as the Great Commission. And simply put, the commission is to preach and to reach. It is to proclaim and then disciple. Uh, I'm following up from last week because it's becoming more and more clear that the church, we're talking about the body of Christ generally, and then we're going to talk about this one particularly, we are not doing what Jesus Christ commanded us to do. You know, he did not command us to go to church, but that's what we do. He commanded us to be the church and to go and tell others about him, which is what we don't do. 
Okay, maybe I shouldn't talk about this church particularly. I should, I'm going to talk about other churches. That way you can say amen. We don't tell people about Jesus Christ. And that's what he told us to do. Here's the way Paul, the apostle, put it in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Him we preach and proclaim, talking about Jesus, warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom, comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God, that we may present every person mature, full-grown, fully initiated, complete and perfect in Christ, the anointed one. That's the amplified version to give us more, more of a fullness of that meaning. We need to preach and proclaim warning and admonishing everyone and instructing everyone in all wisdom. So this is the training class for the believers this evening so that we can really be challenged in what we are supposed to do and what we are supposed to be doing in the body of Christ. So what's the objective for the Great Commission? It is to reach people and to lead people to Jesus and bring them to maturity. You know, and a wonderful thing will happen to you when you uh, have a new believer in your life. Okay, a wonderful thing will happen to you when you have a new believer in your life. Well, let me put it this way. A wonderful thing happens in the house when a new baby is born. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've got going on. Things change in your life when a new baby comes. Our children are gone now. We can go home and we can relax and enjoy the peace and the quietness of our home. Until our grandson, who's two years old, come over. So no matter what you were planning on doing, things change when he come in the house. There's another vitality. We have to be on alert when he comes into the house. If he's not there, we are relaxed and we are complacent in how we carry on because we don't have that same energy and activity going on in our lives. And it's the same way in the church. When there's no new believers, we get lax and we get routine and we just show up and there is no vitality in the church when there's no new believers coming in. There's no vitality. And I want to give you this illustration. It's like, uh, how many of you have ever been? Most of you, you've been to Disneyland. You know, everybody wants to go to Disneyland or, or so, especially when you have children. But the experience is different when adults go to Disneyland than it is when children go to Disneyland. I remember the last time we went with my kids. I said, first of all, you have to be old enough to remember that I went with you. You ought not take your kids when they're toddlers and they won't remember going. Because you're going to have to take them again. So I said, let's wait until they get old enough to realize that we went and that they went. I, I don't want to stand in no long lines. In fact, I was shocked. See, adults at Disneyland tend to complain, starting with the cost of admission, because it's high. 
I'm like, I didn't know it was going to cost that much for us to go. Once we get in the park, we, we, we try to say, well, we were tired because we had to do all the driving and the traveling and the arrangement and the hustling and the bustling just to get the folks to get the kids there. So we already wore out before we get there. Adults tend to be, be, be critical and quick to point out the, the lack of the realism in the rise. That, you know, all oh, that's fake. Look at them. We know that there's somebody under that costume. And sometimes those of us who are older, we, we think of how much better it was when Walt Disney was still running it. You know, when Walt Disney won't go, he won't, this is what they got going over there. Walt Disney didn't go for that. We'll complain about how long we have to wait in line. But when the kids go, it's a, it's a whole new world for them. They're excited. They're not worried about how long they have to stand in line. They're excited to see the characters. They're excited to see the thrills of the ride. They're excited to the new villages and the, and the landscape that are designed for their imagination. Oh, look at that. For children, Disneyland is a magical place. And the favorite time for kids at Disneyland is going in. The favorite time for the adults is coming out. <laughs> now think about going to church with those who have been Christians and churchgoers for many years. The believers who have been saved for many years and are going to church over and over. You can find yourself taking things for granted. They complain and even get bored in church. Well, the music is too loud. And others say, well, the music ain't loud enough. They don't play the kind of songs that I grew up with. They ain't singing the kind of songs I grew up with. I like more of the old time religion songs. And somebody said, the old-time religion songs is too old. We need some new songs. <laughs> somebody say they shout too much and make too much noise. And somebody else said they ain't making enough noise. They, they don't get with it. <laughs> somebody say the church is too big. And somebody else says it's too small. Somebody says it's too big. Nobody know me. Somebody says it's too small. Everybody know me. <laughs> somebody say the pastor preached too long. Somebody else say the pastor don't preach long enough. Somebody said, I don't like it when the pastor called people to come forward just to pray over them and do the prayer of salvation. They ought to just let that person make their own personal choice in their seat. That's a private matter. I don't want to hear the sinner's prayer one more time because I, I, that, that's a private. That shouldn't be public like that. Somebody else said, they're always asking us to tithe. I know, I know what the pastor's going to say. If you got 100% giving 10%. <laughs> You know, I need my money for the things that I got to get done. God know my heart. I would give it if I had it. And the list of complaints go on and on and on. And those people that come to church every Sunday and they just, as a routine, they complain that somebody walked by them and didn't speak. He walked by me, you didn't speak. You didn't look at me right. You'd, all of those kind of things. That's those old saints and old adults. But there's a solution for the believer 
who needs that church experience to be enjoyable as it should be. I got a solution for you tonight. This is what you need to do. Number one, bring a non-believer to church with you. Or bring a new believer to church with you. Bring somebody who don't know Jesus Christ. Invite them and you bring them and you sit right next to them on a Sunday morning. I guarantee you, you will begin to, to see things far differently when you bring in that new believer, that, that person that just gave their life to Jesus Christ. If they're not yet a believer, when you bring them, you know what you're going to do when you're in church? You're going to be praying that, they can, that the pastor's message is going to touch their heart. Father, I pray today that their ears are open, that the pastor's message will touch their heart. And then when, they, when the pastor gives the invitation, you're going to be praying, Lord, Lord, touch them and invite them to, to, to open their heart to receive you. That's what you're going to be doing. You ain't going to be looking around to see who's who looking at you and, and all that kind of stuff like that. You're going to become engaged. This is Jerry G. Martin once again. I certainly hope that you have enjoyed this message today as we brought you the Word of God to help you to grow, to help you to be productive in the kingdom of God as this is our day and this is our time to lead our families, to make a difference in the world and to bring other people to Jesus Christ. God is not caught off guard about the things that are going on in our culture, in our country, in our economy and in our families. He is on the throne and he is working. He's just looking for his people to rise up and participate with him in what he would like to do at this day and this time. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can hear it on our podcast, The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can hear today's message or previous messages that have aired on this station. I invite you to visit our website at lowcf.org for more information. Now, I want to take a moment to invite you to be my guest. Every Sunday in the month of July, I will be on a special series called God's Blessings for Tough Times. I know that a lot of people are going through some very challenging times now. We have some controversy and confusion in our country, but God always blesses his people no matter what's going on. So come and join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Umber Road. Let me mention the Beacon Bookstore on our campus. For books and Bibles and Sunday school materials or whatever you need, call us at 281-441-2885. 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.